So, thank you, Philip, for the reading, Isaiah 2, and to Gemma. And just a heads up, I'm going to say Magi. And the mic is for the recording. Yeah, seems a little out of place for this lovely classroom that we're back in. <laughs> um, I've really loved how this Christmas um, we've been telling the Advent stories in their tense, complex, real ways. Um, for me, it's actually been uh, a little different to the other Advent series I've been part of. Um, so thanks for going on that journey together. Um, and this story of the wise men, not just three, uh, coming to pay gifts, uh, has some very intriguing things about it. Um, like this event meant that, I don't know if you noticed it, everyone in the land was frightened, including its ruler. Um, there are these strange characters who pop in and pop out and we never hear about them again. Um, what exactly was seen in the sky? Um, and after this story, Herod orders the killing of children. Um, that's confronting. Uh, it's also very intriguing, and as I reflected on it, I came to um, a somewhat challenging conclusion. So that's what I'm going to share a little bit about today. Um, and then I've just got a few questions at the end. Um, so our story today is about a group of an unknown number of magi who come from the east. Where's east from here? You're from Bondi Junction. <laughs> east um, to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. So the Magi, often translated as wise men, were people who had knowledge of reading the stars in a time where the stars contained a lot of wisdom. Um, for example, guidance and direction, seasons and time. Uh, they were known to reveal divine events um, and also um, big things that were going to happen. Um, people who were trained to read the stars, these magi, they were highly respected for their knowledge, um, pretty much priestly people. Um, and we see that in this passage, actually, King Herod um, calls on them for information. So that's kind of their standing that they have. Um, and I don't know, these days, depending on the circles you're in, the reading of stars can be a somewhat comical thing. Uh, for others, it's, it's a very meaningful practice. Um, for this story, we need to hold to the latter. Um, it was a very meaningful and respected field. Uh, we're told they come from the east. Uh, there are a few theories as to exactly where they came from. We're told they've seen something in the stars about a king of the Jews being born or that being born. Um, some commentators think it was uh, planets coming into alignment. I'm not sure if anyone was around for, was it Jupiter and Saturn recently? Did anyone see that? Okay, was the Messiah born? Uh, I'm not sure. It's already happened. Um, but there are kind of a few theories. Maybe it was this. Maybe it was a new star that was born. Um, whatever it was, there's an a author, Ben Witherington, who writes a commentary on Matthew, says, The astral phenomenon itself would explain why Herod was so nervous, for he knew such signs were thought to foretell the birth of new kings. 
Um, so the Magi, in their great knowledge and wisdom of the stars, have seen the star of a child who has been born King of the Jews rising in the sky and have come to acknowledge this astrological event. Um, this Sunday in the Advent calendar, does anyone know what this Sunday in the Advent calendar is called? Well done, thank you. Um, and it's named that way to highlight the revelation of God to the Gentiles through Jesus. Um, if you remember the Isaiah passage that Phil read, um, it really paints this beautiful picture of all the nations coming together in peace and unity to the mountain of the Lord to worship. It's very, very beautiful. Um, and we see in this passage that, um, in our passage, Matthew, uh, that God has revealed unique and special knowledge of God's self to a group of respected magi in a way that they will understand. God has revealed Jesus in the stars. That's pretty cool. God has revealed Jesus in the stars. Um, and this is a beautiful acknowledgement of the extension of God's saving and redeeming and revelatory work of bringing all nations and people and all things together under Christ. Um, However, I think that that can also be a very comfortable reading for us um, because when we read it in that way, we're tempted to kind of see ourselves comfortably as insiders um, who know God and then the Magi are the others who are outside the box and God is revealing God's self to them too, even though I'm pretty sure all of us are Gentiles here. I'm not sure there's anyone who would like to offer the knowledge that they have a Jewish ancestry. Um, but I think, it's, I think it's a little bit comfortable that we say, like, God, yeah, God is revealing broadly. Um, it's a very, very beautiful reading of this passage, though. I don't want to diminish that. Um, God is revealing God's self in ways that are bigger than we know, broader than we see, and in ways that are very foreign to us. Um, I have no idea how to read the stars, yet God will reveal Jesus through them. Um, I also think then we need to push ourselves into this passage a little further and see that the Magi, the others, those who are not Jewish, the Gentiles, the ones not from here, the outsiders, are the ones to truly see and worship Jesus in this story. And it's a story that's been included for a reason. We see it in the way that King Herod firstly calls all the scribes, uh, all the chief priests and the scribes in to find out where Jesus will be born. And they quote a passage from the prophet Micah. And they tell him Jesus will be born in Bethlehem, not Jerusalem. And just as a bit of a side note um, of why that's odd, Jerusalem is the center of power politically and religiously. Bethlehem, by contrast, is this seemingly inconsequential place inhabited by people at the margins, peasants like Mary and Joseph. So, side note, Jesus is again doing that thing where he shows up in unlikely places on the margins. We love God, we love Jesus. Great. Um, that was a very, very Sunday-school answer, wasn't it? <laughs> Um, so Herod's firstly called the priests and the scribes together. He's got this information from the prophet Micah. And then in the next verse, King Herod secretly calls the Magi and learns from them the exact time when the star had appeared. And he sends them out 
to find out where Jesus is so he can pay homage to them, him too. Um, and at this point, because we've read further, we know that this is complete BS. Um, but it's interesting to note that the priests and the scribes have knowledge through the prophets. They are all very expected orthodox Jewish ways of knowing um, where Jesus will be born. But the Magi have special insights about Jesus, King of the Jews, through another way of knowing, through the stars. In other words, priestly elders from another tradition, are they coming here? <laughs> another field of expertise have been given special divine wisdom about Jesus that the Jewish chief priests and scribes do not fully comprehend through the scriptures. Thanks, Kaz. <laughs> there is more to the story than they have insight about. And when the Magi, who come from the east, get to the place where the star stops, verse 10 says it's very beautiful, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, Kaz is loving this sermon, <laughs> um, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Um, we know from some of the Hebrew Psalms and other texts that these were gifts given to a king. And at the end of the passage, in verse 12, it tells us that God is still revealing divine wisdom to them and leading their path because they're warned in a dream not to return to Herod and they left for their own country by another road. So a recap on this story. A group of foreign priests come from a foreign place with foreign wisdom and when they see that they're at the place where the Jewish king has been born, they are overwhelmed with joy, give him kingly gifts, and they worship him. Um, as I was reflecting on this story, um, I remember I've told this story a little bit before and a bit of a trigger warning when I talk about being gay. Um, when I came out as being gay the first time to a minister, it was like almost instantly in a second. I went from being a core leader of that parish that I belonged to, training in leadership and theology, running a music team, leading the service every month, mentoring others instantly to someone who wasn't worshipping God, who had no divine wisdom and was actually leading people away from Jesus. And over the years, as I processed that, I wondered who else is being told that they're not worshipping in the right way or they have no wisdom and understanding to share about God. Um, one of the first classes that I did in my master's was an indigenous theology class, and this is why I'm so passionate about Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander justice, is because that is one of the most moving moments in my life, and formative moments in my life, um, where I was sitting in a class as uh, someone who is part of the dominant white culture in Australia with indigenous Australians, uh, learning about Western theology and I was deeply confronted and challenged with the history of colonization and Christianity in this country. Uh, people who were deeply spiritual and connected to God being treated like savages who needed white people to show them Christ. 
And as I read this story of a group of foreign priests who come from a foreign place with foreign wisdom, who have divine insight and understanding about the king of the Jews that other Jewish leaders are not seen to know, and these foreign leaders are the religious leaders in this story, and I think any other Advent story shown to be overwhelmed with joy, giving him kingly gifts and worshipping Jesus, while those other Jewish leaders are potentially still back with King Herod, we don't know. I think this is more than just about God's revelation to the outsiders. Though that is beautiful, and I want to celebrate that. This story is also about God's revelation from foreigners and outsiders to those who see themselves as insiders. And the question that pops up for me is, who today comes from the outside with wisdom and understanding from an unlikely or an unorthodox origin, pointing the way to Jesus and offering worship, giving gifts and being overwhelmed by joy? I think one of our biggest problems in the world, and potentially always has been, is division and othering. And I've uh, actually been banging on a little bit lately, and I actually think this is quite insightful, um, about one of the best roles that the church can play, hear this, that the church can play, should, uh, should be to have an inc- uh, in an increasingly divided, echo-chambered online world, to be a place of bringing people together across difference. I would love to see the church do that. No. I've seen a lot of head nods. People are on board. Um, I think the gospel writer, Matthew, was struggling with divisions in his community, as was the entire first century church. Have we read about Jews versus Gentiles? And this story of Advent, of God's coming and how God comes into the world through Christ, we see this It's quite powerful and challenging. Um, There is a tension that we hold as Christians where we are convicted of what we know to be right and fair and just and what we believe about God and God's character of love and what we believe about who we are to be. And another point, which is that we always need to be open to the other to seeing that they might have wisdom and insight from God that we could never know or see. And maybe you are someone with worship and gifts and joy to give, and you have been restricted from being able to do so, and in fact, I'm pretty sure everyone in here ticks that box. We've seen that when Jesus came, God revealed this beautiful news in ways that are unexpected and they come from a foreign place. Let that be a comfort and a challenge to us. You are included in God's story. Your wisdom, your worship, your gifts and your joy are beautiful. And who else today comes from outside with divine wisdom and understanding pointing the way to Jesus, offering worship and giving gifts. And I would actually genuinely love to hear from you guys who and where you draw your wisdom from, 
Who are the people that model worship for you or encourage you spiritually? What are the practices, whether they're from our own or other traditions? Um, I'd love to hear where you draw your wisdom from. Who is inspiring you? Um, and I'd love to have a conversation about that. And I'm going to ask Bront to kick us off on that. Just giving you a heads up there. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear what's challenging about this too. You know, as a community, we're navigating how to do theological differences in community together. How does this challenge you? Um, and I found a video that actually spoke more loudly to these points than I can. And it's a cover of the Song of the Magi by a group of Christians who live in Bethlehem. Um, we're going to watch that. And if there's anything that comes out of it, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, but please take a moment to reflect. Mm -hmm. 